Bodega, 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 Alpha and Omega. <coughs> Siamese sailors sell celery sandwiches. Sawing about a serving platter. Hey, hey Jamie. Yes. Uh, did uh, did you want to try reading that line on the script there? Oh, yeah, let's see. Uh, you could say big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, that one? Yes. Yeah, no, I'm just not warmed up yet. Shouldn't be long. Detector test. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive today. The marmot mangled my mushu pork pancake. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, North Stream. What are you this? Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. We have a lot to talk about today, but first, before we get to that, a follow-up on the NVIDIA basically blackmailing the independent tech YouTuber outlet slash journalist slash benchmarker slash... Whatever the heck you want to call it, hardware unboxed. And actually, our podcast, unfortunately, had very unfortunate timing. We record this podcast early Saturday morning. And then, for a number of various reasons, it doesn't go out on the podcasting network until Monday at around... 2 p.m. Central Time. The reasoning has to do with quality checks, approvals, and also to make sure that it is well past the exclusivity deal I still have with Twitch. And then, of course, on top of that, I bungled last week's up and put in the wrong date, and it aired on Tuesday. Which is how outdated information on this got out. By the time my podcast aired, the information I gave in regards to NVIDIA's blackmailing of Hardware Unboxed was already outdated because this email came in literally several hours after we finished the podcast. Unfortunate timing, but here's what the email reads. Hi, Steve. Thanks for your note. I just wanted to say how sorry I am for my original email. I overstepped my bounds, and it's as simple as that. I love seeing all the ways reviewers test and report on our products, and I value your contributions. Suggesting that I would withhold samples because I didn't agree with your commentary is simply inexcusable, and I crossed the line. I failed myself, my colleagues, and the amazing community of reviewers I consider my friends. You all work so hard in service of the gaming industry we love. You deserve better from me. I hope you will forgive my mistake and give me the opportunity to be of service to you in the future. It would be great if you can share this with your fans so they know how I feel. Thanks. And then it's signed BDR, the initials for Brian Del Rizzo, the person who originally gave us the first email that was 
basically blackmail. So I've had a week now to think on this. And unfortunately, I was really hoping by the time today came around, I would have more info than just this one email. Hardware Unbox said this was the second apology that they got. They got a fir- they got one before, and it was kind of shorter. But in any case, I've had some thoughts. It's very hard to pin down exactly what is going on in this story. There is quite a lot that can be. It seems very odd for NVIDIA to go ahead with the first email. And the thing is, is that when you talk about a company like NVIDIA... No one single person normally sends out an email unreviewed. Most likely, multiple people had to sign off on the original email, which, by the way, read like a giant bulletin for how awesome NVIDIA is, and then said, by the way, because you, Hardware Unboxed, do not put these extra features front and center you won't be receiving review samples from NVIDIA directly. And it's not like this email exists in a void. Hardware Unbox did say, and actually it showed in their videos, that in fact they did not receive Founders Edition samples directly from NVIDIA for the RTX 3060 Ti launch. In fact, it is why their review was late. So the likeliness of Hardware Unbox just inventing this whole thing as a PR stunt seems less and less likely. It's not completely eliminated. It's still possible, but extremely unlikely. But then, of course, there's just the content of the email itself. The first half of the original email sent from NVIDIA saying why Hardware Unbox did not get a review sample and the fact that they have been blacklisted unless they review stuff the way NVIDIA wanted, it doesn't make sense. Because the first half of it is just is a giant freaking marketing piece. They wrote the thing like it was going to be shared with the world and should in fact just be a giant press release sort of thing for how amazing they are. And then the second half was just straight-up blackmail.
Brian Del Rizzo, at least from what I've seen from other people that are credible sources, doesn't exactly have a history of being this brazenly tone deaf. So was it someone within NVIDIA that made this decision and then had Brian Del Rizzo give the okay on this and he just looped it out there? And if so, what does it say about NVIDIA that they're this Well, oblivious is the only way to put it, that they thought that that email was going to go over well. It just doesn't make sense. And that's where I'm kind of conflicted on this. What was the, what was the end game here? Because they phrased it as though they expected it to be shared. But I can't imagine that NVIDIA would have been so dumb as to think blackmailing a press outlet would have gone over well with the public they knew was going to see the email because the first half of the email was nothing but pandering to the customer base. The more and more you think about the first letter, the more and more you think about the moves made against Hardware Unboxed, the less and less sense it makes. Now, in one of the other emails that Brian Del Rizzo sent to Hardware Unboxed, which unfortunately I don't have a written copy of it in front of me right now, he did mention lockdown fatigue. Is that all this was? Is it that NVIDIA's PR guy has been cooked up in his studio apartment or wherever so long that he's gone stir crazy and took out his frustration on hardware unboxed? It could be. I don't know, though. It's a very, very bizarre set of circumstances. And at face value, this is going to be one that is going to take a while for the average person to forgive NVIDIA for. When all is said and done, though, at least Hardware Unboxed will still be able to get product to review. Which is good. Because quite frankly, even though us as the consumers cannot get our hands on these products at all. All thanks to the scalper problem out there. Which, by the way, this scalper problem is making 
trying to get Christmas presents very, very difficult. I'll just put that out there right now. This scalper problem is just awful, but anyway. You may think, okay, who cares about a 3090 or a 3080 or a 3070 or a 3060 Ti or whatever the heck AMD's putting out. I can't buy them in any anyway. But eventually we will. And having these reviews out is still good so that we know when they're available what is going to be the best get. That also being said, I do hope outlets like Hardware Unboxed, like Linus Tech Tips, like Jay's Two Cents, like Gamers Nexus, all take another look at these cards when they are available so that when the mass... when... when... The the common folk can finally get their hands on these cards made of pure unobtainium. How much the cards have matured since the drivers will most likely have several months to mature before any of us can get our hands on them. Especially the AMD cards. The AMD cards, just based on the benchmarks we've seen now... It appears that there's way more performance that could be got just from optimized drivers. Especially from titles like Cyberpunk 2077. So basically so basically in short, Nvidia has walked back everything they said in their letter that was half blackmail and half PR speak. And they will not, as of this time, withhold any review items for reviewers. Whether this was seeing if NVIDIA could get away with this and they're apologizing because they got caught, or if it was a handful of people losing their minds because they're turning their kitchen into their office for the last nine months, which by now feels like 16 years. It's hard to say. Maybe it's a mix of both. I don't know. There's so much more to be dissected here, and I seriously doubt we will ever know the truth for certain. With that said, let's talk about uh, even scarier things. I mean, NVIDIA blackmailing tech outlets is pretty bad. But have you heard about the hack that broke the world? Hey! So, SolarWinds was hacked. Which led to breaches in countless different governmental bodies including the National Nuclear Security Administration ba-da, 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 ba-da. 
And, you know, before you go ahead and start memeing like someone in the chat is saying, Russian hackers did it. Yes. Yes, they did, in fact. It has already been discovered that a Russian-sponsored hacking group did, in fact, commit the breach. Specifically, it's a fairly well-known hacker group, and I am trying to very quickly uh, find the name of it. It's it's the same group that's popped up quite quite a few times. It, they, they call themselves like the Fuzzy Bears or something like that. Eh, but it doesn't matter. I mean, at at this point, not too many governmental outlets are talking about it. Mostly because. Well, government has a bad habit of moving slowly. And then on top of that, because it is a breach that has affected major components on uh, of government databases, of course, there's also the question of how much can they tell us? So yeah, this is going to be a big deal. This is going to be talked about well into 2021. Plenty of people are going to try and use this to make a political point. And more than likely, a lot of news outlets are going to miss the point of the fact that there was a breach. Oh yeah, by the way, it... it uh, I don't have the article here, but it also affected Microsoft. Whee! Because, you know, why not? Why not? And, of course, it is bringing up a the massive question of, uh, when are we just going to go ahead and greatly strengthen our global cybersecurity? This is a very good question. And you know what? There's a decent chance for the first three or four months of 2021, this is going to be the talk. Global cybersecurity. You know, after we're done finally talking about the virus. So, I mean, around here, we've been talking about this for quite some time. This is going to be an issue that leaks into the mainstream. And the Solar Winds hack is going to be the shot that actually makes non tech nerds like us really pay attention to this. I'm just going to say it right now. Uh, chat is calling me out saying that I that I am made of lies. Saying that this will not be talked about in 2021 on the simple fact that 2020 is a year that is never going to end, you foolish fool. To which I say... Oh god, you're right. 
It never ends. I'll never do another prediction episode again. Because the end of 2020 will never come. No! In all seriousness, though, actually, next week is, in fact, our very last Eagle Eyes on Tech of 2020. The end is almost here, and then we can find out what <laughs> what fresh nightmares await for us in 2021. Oh, who else is excited for that? Not me. Not me at all. Steps are already being taken, however, as far as cybersecurity goes, as the first thing being done is blacklisting dozens of Chinese firms that are considered suspect. What's going to be more interesting, though, is uh, will those blacklists stay in place after January 20th? I think that's the day. Is it? It doesn't matter. Tech podcast, not political podcast. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, Google, just Google, lots and lots of of Google. So much Google antitrust lawsuits. To remind pet owners that Progressive covers pets on our auto policy at no extra charge, we're making a really cute pet themed radio commercial. You got to see this dog. It's a little puffball. It looks like a piece of cotton candy that I could just eat up. Oh, and it waddles when it walks. He's a little ducky dog. Oh, I wish you could see it. We really should have planned this better. Get coverage for your pets with an auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and is subject to policy terms. Modern leaders. It's not just their ability to reason that we value or their eloquence. It's more than their intelligence that we admire. What truly matters is their humanity. Just like modern leaders, the LS is human at heart. Every aspect of the Lexus LS is crafted around you, engineered to a higher standard, the human standard. The new 2021 Lexus LS. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Deck. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so Google and Facebook had an illegal deal to rig the ad market. And uh, Texas is uh, not too thrilled with this. With two of the biggest tech giants basically making making a duopoly in manipulating how online ads work. I, for one, would like to say that our advertisements here on Eagle Eyes on Tech are not done by Google or Facebook. Because then they would be done properly. But I digress. And thus, an antitrust lawsuit led by Texas and 10 other red states were launched against Google and Facebook. 
This is like what? The 69th antitrust lawsuit that has been launched against Google and or Facebook? Did did all states in the United States just collude with each other just to sign, you know, I think the Google and Facebook lawyers look way too bored. Let's really give them some work. That's the ticket. In all seriousness, though, these actually are like. These claims have been a long time coming. They really, really have. Especially Facebook. Especially Facebook. So let me tell you something. If you dislike the stories about antitrust lawsuits regarding giant tech companies, too bad, because that is what most of 2021 is most likely going to be, including the Apple v. Fortnite story yes i know it's apple v epic games i don't care i love the idea of the stupid pinata llama testifying in court much more than two mega companies butting heads about freaking being present in an app store i know my brain is weird i know i find amusement in weird areas just 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 let me have this moment. Piñata llamas in court. Now, while that's going on, Google was hit with a massive outage early in the morning. Oddly enough, for whatever reason, I was forced awake and actually experienced this outage firsthand at five in the morning. I guess my tech sense just kind of tingled and told me to wake up and experience the outage of Google being out. And it was, uh, it, it, it was very interesting because it took out a lot of other services too, including discord. Keep in mind, this outage took out YouTube, Gmail, Google Classroom, and Google Search. And eventually, as they were starting to come up, you could only access them in incognito mode. For reasons that no one can explain. And you know what? Here's the best part. Here is the best part. Everyone was so desperate for a reason. Some random guy started speculating that it was a a massive DDoS attack. And literally everyone and their mother ran with it. It is stunning! How quickly misinformation spreads... And all because Google didn't want to, like, actually inform people what happened. And even to this day, we have no idea what happened other than we have experienced an outage and it has been rectified. We apologize for this outage and it will be fixed and we will serve you better down the road. 
you, you, you want to give us a little bit more? Maybe like a how? Like, was it software? Was it a fire? Was it Doug from accounting spilled his coffee on the toaster? Was it someone looking up cute anime girls on their laptop at work? Give me something! Was it aliens? (laughs) We know nothing! And I'm not going to lie, that kind of... uh... That kind of no excuses sort of thing does make me kind of go, seriously, Google? Really? Really? Just just tell us something. Chat says it was Pornhub. <laughs> of course it was. I knew it. It makes total sense. The EU is also filing new rules that has the potential of forcing breakups of massive tech companies or hefty fines or both boy this is going to be interesting this is going to be very interesting if this ends up going through like at all Because let's be honest, the EU can go ahead and file whatever the heck they want. But it's going to be tied up in court because, you know, the first thing that's going to happen is going to be a countersue. It's going to happen. We're not going to see any major changes, but the wheels are turning for big, big change. Oh, yeah, by the way, if you think only in the EU it's happening, here in the States, 30 states are filing a suit to demand a breakup of Alphabet. Politico here, that that is the source for this, says that it's the breakup of Google. It's not, because Google is only a small part of the of the piece of the puzzle here. The real problem is the fact that Google is under an umbrella of... A bigger company called Alphabet, which has broke already broken up parts of Google just to avoid this exact same kind of suit. See, they're already one step ahead of you. You think I mean sarcastic, but that really is the reason that Alphabet was formed in the first place, to try and avoid this exact same sort of thing. But of course, the question is, will the forming of Alphabet and the pre-breakup of Google under Alphabet hold up in court? Or will, in fact, it be ruled correctly that you're, you're still all one giant entity? I can call my head... Uh, I, I don't know where this analogy is going, but I can I I can call the various parts of my body different things. It doesn't make it doesn't change the fact that all of those pieces still make up me. 
Just saying. But of course, Google's first response to this antitrust lawsuit is that but breaking up Google would drastically harm the internet. It would redo the way everything functions because Google is pretty much like basically the de facto search engine. I mean, let's be honest. 90% of the world, uh, or at least at least the Western world, uses Google to find things. The close, the, the not even close second would be what? Probably DuckDuckGo? And then Bing? Maybe Bing outdoes DuckDuckGo. So, I mean, Google has a point, but it's by their own design. It is, in fact, the problem with one element providing basically the core concept of the, oh, not the core concept, but basically the core highway of the internet. Just about everyone uses Google. Or they install that one add-on at work that one time. They don't know what the heck happened, but ever since that one time, all of a sudden, freaking Yahoo is the default search engine, and good lord, Yahoo as a search engine is awful. Awful! Like, I know Yahoo supposedly uses Bing, but holy cow, it is so much worse than Bing. It has gotten 0% of search inquiries correct. Even Bing has a higher success rate than that. It is maddening. Absolutely maddening. Someone in the chat says that, uh, that they still use Ask Jeeves. Holy cow, Ask Jeeves. There is a blast from the past. It's good to know that they're still around. I would have thought that Ask Jeeves would have been... Uh, would have still been around. Oh, uh, that, that person in the chat then also said, by the way, joking. And I was like, oh, okay. I had hope. I had hope an ancient part of the internet was still alive. Oh, yeah, by the way, speaking of ancient parts of the internet, uh, Flash is going to die in, like, a couple weeks. Just a reminder. It feels bad. It really does feel bad. Now I'm going to have to boot up Internet Explorer to use all my old... uh, saved flash archive videos of which I have no idea how many are safe for work alright let's shift gears let's instead uh, talk about the talk about something that's slightly less depressing about how UK politicians have decided to actually do something that 
actually helps the immediate world. Like, taking action against PS5 and Xbox Series X scalpers. I also cannot wait for this legislation to accomplish basically nothing. But at the same time, it's good to know that at least someone is acknowledging that there is a scalping problem and that's not just demand being greatly higher than the supply. Granted, that is part of it, but yeah. Yeah. All right. Speaking of uh, antitrust issues, how about one that doesn't involve a governmental body? Facebook ran full-page newspaper ads that directly attack iOS 14 and its privacy changes. Because, of course, you see small businesses will suffer if they can't use targeted ads. We can't go ahead and make sure that those small businesses can send out their advertisements to actual potential customers instead of just carpet bombing everywhere. It's all about the little people. Think about the little people, everyone. The little people. To which then uh, Apple did have a wonderful response And this might be the only time I have ever said thank you to Apple in quite a long time. Apple's response to Facebook. Actually, maybe I should first go over iOS 14. Uh, iOS, is it 14 or 13? 14. iOS 14 is going to be introducing, or actually already has, introduced a feature that makes it so that you, the user of your own device, have to allow permission for an app to collect your data and track you. No longer can an application, like Facebook, just gather your information without your consent And without you knowing. Although technically you consented by saying okay to the 69 million long EULA that you never read. Because it's 69 million pages nice. But you know. Facebook is just outraged. Outraged! That iOS gives their users the choice to not be spied on. What a novel concept, everyone! Oh my god! Having a choice to not be stalked by Facebook. Stunning. I know. Apple's response to Facebook taking a full-page ad... 
to say that Apple doesn't care about the little guy is as follows. I'm going to read it word for word. Apple's full statement. We believe that this is a simple matter of standing up for our users. Users should know when their data is being collected and shared across other apps and websites. And they should have the choice to allow that or not. App tracking transparency in iOS 14 does not require Facebook to change its approach to tracking users and creating targeting advertisement. It simply requires they give users a choice. I dropped the mic, but it's attached to a boom arm. What a novel idea. Actually saying, hey, maybe you don't want to be stalked today. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, we need to talk about cyberpunk. Cyberpunk 2077 is a fascinating and interesting little phenomenon don't you think i saved big money with the progressive home and auto bundle so i finally bought that new set of golf clubs watch out fairway here i come this is not a real testimonial Sure, customers can save big with Progressive, but your other expenses won't just disappear. Are those clubs going to help you when the hot water heater dies? Also, it sounds like your money is better spent on golf lessons. Time to go shoot the course record. No, but maybe time for a reality check. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. How did I end up here? Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. So, Cyberpunk 2077, if you only paid attention to the tech media and to the gaming media right now, you would think Cyberpunk was basically an unplayable, hot garbage mess that no one should ever touch with a 10-foot pole. It is unplayable, it is awful, it is terrible, and you are basically wasting your money by getting it, and you should absolutely just... Delete it from your hard drive and demand your refund. That's what the media is saying about this game. But while the game has undoubtedly had a flawed launch, it's still playable. There's little oddities here and there. It's not perfect, but then again, there is no perfect game. And in fact, if you're on the PC, there is a config file edit that can be done to improve your performance. Now, there's one thing to note, though. You are not going to be able to play well on the recommended specs. It's just not going to happen. But the thing is, is the game is clearly unoptimized. Certain aspects about how well it runs on hardware has been skipped. And basically, you know what Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk 2077 is? 
It's the new crisis. All because the game's trying to do so much and it's so unoptimized that current hardware is struggling to run it. And then on top of that, the default the default config files will not let it use as many resources as it needs. Thus why you can improve your performance very easily with a config file edit. However, but, 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 the real reason why Cyberpunk 2077 is getting so much flack in the media is because this game has committed a cardinal sin. It is something in the gaming industry you never do. Never. Because when push comes to shove, there are only two advantages consoles have over PC gamers. Cost to entry for a console gamer is much lower than it is for a PC gamer. And easily the most important thing to a console gamer over a PC gamer by far hands down stability that is the big advantage you have on console over PC PC will almost always perform better because a PC will almost always have better hardware than the console has. But the console, you have the trust, you have the reliability that I'm going to load this game on this console and it is going to run well. I might have a little bit of lag here. I might have a little bit of a hiccup here. Might have moments that if the stars align properly, like in Breath of the Wild, that the frame rate might drop a smidge. Or in the case of Breath of the Wild, drop 80%. But it's going to run well. Cyberpunk 2077 basically does not run on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Its performance is borderline unplayable. And it has actually gotten to the point where, well, Cyberpunk 2077 has been pulled completely from the PlayStation Store. Now, only the the PS4 version of it has been pulled. The PS5 version, as far as I'm aware, is still available for download and in addition Sony is issuing refunds to anyone who has bought the digital version of Cyberpunk 2077 for the PS4 now Project CD Red will be issuing console patches soon 
Odds are, by the time you're hearing this, it's already out. There's a decent chance, as I'm speaking right now, these console fixes are already out. I don't know, because right now, tech outlets have pretty much a... They they really, really, really want to report as negatively as possible on Cyberpunk 2077. Despite the fact that, yeah, it has a rough, unoptimized launch. But right now, people are starting to treat it that it was as bad as Fallout 76. And I'm sorry. But as far as I can tell, as someone can who doesn't own a copy of the game, Fallout 76 Cyberpunk 2077 is not. I mean, for starters, Cyberpunk 2077 is at least 2001 better than Fallout 76. That's just simple math right there. You're already 2001 better. But on a more serious note, the game runs. The game isn't inherently broken. The game isn't easily exploitable. You don't have an all-consuming void, and most importantly, you can experience, well, yeah, everything about the game. It just doesn't run as well as you would have hoped. We really are trying to make this a much bigger deal than it actually is, and I think the main reason being is because Project CD Red, I'm sorry, CD Project Red, made the responsible decision to delay the launch of the game. Twice, in fact. And even if those delays, it's still buggy and flawed. I'm not going to say that projects that uh, CD Project Red is completely blameless in all this. I'd be very curious as to what their development cycle was. That even with two delays, they still ended up with a launch that made it look really, really bad. But, you know, it is what it is. I see no sense in trying to turn Cyberpunk 2077 into the next Fallout 76. Because it's not. No matter how I look at it, it's not. I would say in the end, it's still going to be a great game. People are still going to have plenty of fun playing it. But it's not like the game needs to be rioted out of the streets. Now, of course, it doesn't help at all that you do have... uh, Cyberpunk 2077 developer admitting that they misled Sony and Microsoft as to 
how well the game would run. Like I said, though, the game, the game's not completely blameless. But I do think we are taking this a little too far. Oh, well. I will fully admit, though, I'm not entirely familiar with the developer project uh, CD Projekt Red. Like, what else have they made besides this? Oh, that's right. Thank you. Thank you. uh, Thank you. Thank you, chat. They're the same company that's made the Witcher series. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I I have been told uh, quite a bit that I really should play the Witcher series at some point. Oh, well. I guess we'll just end up seeing how this all develops. It's not like there isn't enough attention on this game. I guarantee you Cyberpunk 2077 is going to be in the news next week. The week after, though, that's going to be another story. I don't think there's going to be any news outlets functioning the week after the next. Microsoft has, however, expanded their Xbox refund policy when it comes to Cyberpunk 2077 solely because of its subpar performance on the Xbox One. So there we go. That's what we've got currently for Cyberpunk 2077. We'll just see how things develop. Speaking of developing, Microsoft is developing its own CPU chips for their servers and their Surface PCs. Because you know what? You know what? Why not? Apple's making their own CPUs. Freaking everyone's making their own CPUs. Why not just do it to the Surface PCs and their data centers? Honestly, this is concerning. It really, really is. You know what this is telling me? I knew that Apple pulling the trigger and making their own silicon chips was going to be the first major blow to the x86 based PCs that we'd be starting to see less and less and less and more and more and more laptops would be running ARM and sooner or later x86 as we know it would be gone already we're seeing Microsoft deciding their surface PCs are going to use their own custom ARM chips so think about this for a second if Microsoft the makers of Windows are putting ARM 
into their own computers. What kind of message does that send to Dell? To HP? To Acer? To Lenovo? Yeah, it's, uh... Not looking good, huh? That's a shame, too. Especially after the insane performance AMD managed to get out of theirs. So, uh, Intel. How's it feel to be Intel right now? Who else is ready for Intel to just make SSDs and uh, Optane memory? And nothing else. This is going to be concerning, to say the least. Apple is also working on making their own 5G modems. All in their goal to kick out literally everyone out of every single one of their products, except for Samsung and LG for LCD monitors. So normally iPhones use Qualcomm modem chips in order to power 4G and now 5G. So now Apple is going to be making their own. In fact, actually, someone in the chat actually reminded me of something very important about that. Apple did, in fact, buy... Intel's modem division not too long ago. Hey, will you look at that? Apple is actually doing something with an acquisition. Wow. What are the odds? Oh, wait. Pretty high. An Apple insider is claiming that the iPhone 13 launch will most likely be on schedule in 2021 and will launch in September. I'm not going to lie. I'm not looking forward to this next iPhone. Can anyone guess why? I mean, let's think about it for a second. I I think we can figure out what the brand new feature is going to be on the iPhone 13. The price? Oh, no, no, no. I'm I'm willing to bet the, the price of the iPhone 13 will go down slightly. I think it will go down. All for one important reason. Let's think for a second. The iPhone 12. Its revolutionary feature. Was no charger in the box. Someone in the chat nailed it. No physical ports. 
I'd be willing to put money down on it. iPhone 13. You're going to be seeing more and more and more rumors on it. The iPhone 13 is going to be one that ditches the lightning port. It is going to be gone. And your only hope of charging it is going to be the MagSafe charger that was introduced in the iPhone 12. I'm just saying that's what's going to be happening. I'm willing to bet, though, I'm willing to bet the iPhone 13 Pro will have a port. And I think that port is going to be USB-C. I think they're going to make USB-C be the professional feature on their lineup. But I'm just warning you now. They found a way to get rid of the home button. They're still trying to figure out a way to get rid of the volume button and the power button. I don't think they figured out a way to do it yet. But they finally found a way. Oh, they also got rid of the headphone jack. Don't forget, that that was the other gaping hole in their phone. They finally got away with getting rid of that. And now they're going to get rid of the lightning port. They're going to get rid of the charger. The charging port. Only wireless charging for the iPhone 13. I'm calling it now. I'm calling it now. I'm also willing to bet that uh, they are going to introduce a fingerprint reader on the iPhone 13. Most likely built into the power button. <laughs> Someone in the chat says there's going to be no screen either. You're just going to have a pair of glasses. Y- you know, why don't we just go ahead and just skip a few steps? How about they just build the iPhone into the ear pod and just project a holographic screen in front of you? It'll be just like the Futurama parody for the iPhone. I wonder how many how many people would now hate me because I've said said it out loud that the iPhone 13 is going to lose the lightning port. Probably quite a few, but search your feelings. You know it to be true. We're going to take our last break here when we come back. Ray tracing. Just just ray tracing. You went online to switch your car insurance to Progressive so you could save money. But then you saw a friend request from an old summer camp buddy. And now here you are clicking through photos of his kickball team from 2011. Hmm, looks like they won the championship that year. Then he moved to Tulsa. Oh, a new tattoo. Yes, they said it was easy to save hundreds on car insurance with Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the Internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates National Average Savings by New Customer Survey who saved in 2019. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. 
I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so the Vulcan API has announced that they will have full Vulcan ray tracing support in the SDA tools soon, and it will work on AMD and NVIDIA. The whole thing seems to be led by NVIDIA since, well, in case their blackmail letter letter wasn't enough of a hint, they really, 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 really like ray tracing. They really, really, really want to make sure that they're known as the ray tracing company. To which I go, oh, okay, neat. I'm still running a 1060, so shrug. What can you do? It's still good to see see it happen. Speaking of NVIDIA, though, they're in a kind of weird spot right now. So right now against AMD, AMD only has three GPUs out right now. We're still waiting to see AMD release more, or rather just release any GPUs that are viable. But currently, AMD has the RX 6800 that's in no one's price point and is kind of in a weird spot because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense at its price point, at least in my opinion. And then they have the RX 6900 XT, nice, that sits at $1,000 and, um, well, it's it's better than an RTX 3080, but it's not better than RTX 3090. So, shrug? Where does that put you? Question mark? Well, NVIDIA apparently has an RTX 3080 Ti that will be launching in February... Which, by the way, this article I have from Kit Guru saying the RTX 3080 Ti release being postponed to February is the first time that the words 3080 Ti has crossed my radar. And in addition, according to the same rumor, we are going to get an RTX 3060 in 6 gig and 12 gig variants that will launch separately. Freaking, are you kidding me, NVIDIA? Why? Oh, why do you do this? Why would you launch multiple cards with di- with the same name and different memory? This is infuriating. This is absolutely infuriating. If you don't recall, I actually forgot whether... Th- no, this was on the 1060. The 1060 had two different variants. A 3 gig and a 6 gig variant. And by the way... There was more of a difference between these two cards. It was two different uh, CUDA core counts and two different clock speeds between the two. They were basically two separate cards that were labeled the exact same freaking same. And it was infuriating. According to this rumor, NVIDIA is up to the same sort of thing. Someone in the chat says, watch, one of them is actually the 3060 Ti, except the 3060 Ti already exists. We already have a 3060 Ti out there there now. You 
theoretically could buy it if scalping wasn't a real thing. It wouldn't surprise me, however, if the 3060 12 gig was the real 3060 and the 3060 gig, 6 gig was actually the 3050 Ti. That would not surprise me in the least. I would actually welcome that because I actually want to see what the rest of the low power stack looks like to see if there actually is going to be ray tracing at the entry level that you could throw into a scrapyard PC for those who do not have thousands of dollars to go and build a brand new top of the line gaming rig like I totally want to do right now. I mean, at least we're not already making super cards, right? That was annoying. NVIDIA will, however, have a special event scheduled for January 12th, 2021, assuming that the year is allowed to exist, that will be presented by Jeff Fisher's uh, leather jacket and guest starring Jeff Fisher. Actually, no, that's not Jeff Fisher, is it? Who who is who is the one with uh Who is the one with uh the leather jacket? I digress though. New event will be coming. To um, Nvidia is planning a event that will be co- that will be launching on January twelfth, about the same time as Virtual CES. It could be the graphic cards we were just talking about. It also could be the mobile lineup of Nvidia RTX three thousand series GPUs. In addition, we also have a concept phone that is being leaked out by Oppo and also Nendo. I've never heard of Nendo. I have heard of Oppo, though. And this strange folding phone has multiple different folds and can unfold to being roughly as long as a rolled-up newspaper for some reason this is going to be a side folding phone where you where it's very adjustable well i don't know i guess my first question would be how durable is the screen i know i hate bringing that up all the time but um I don't know if people uh, realize this, but um, smartphones are common. Are very, it's very common for smartphones to be abused and to be abused a lot. Like, it's not even funny how often they get abused. So, you know, a screen that can be easily damaged by a fingernail 
like a lot of these folding screens have been lately, you know. I'm just saying, that's not a good experience for your multiple thousand dollar phone. Concept or not. Steam has set a new concurrent user record. The previous record was set back in March with over 20 million people signed in at one time on Steam. And now, thanks to 2020 being 2020, now there are 24,805,106 concurrent users on Steam at the exact same time, shattering the old record. And the biggest contributor to this, the fact that that Animal Crossing New Horizons is nowhere near as popular as it used to be. I'm kidding. It was Cyberpunk 2077. Just saying. In other news that uh, makes you a little disappointed to see just how crazy people are, Bitcoin has hit its new all-time price of over $200,000. I'm sorry, $20,000. I said two hundred. dollars It's not, not that bad yet. Yet. No, $20,000. It broke that price. In fact, at the time of recording this, it has reached twenty three thousand eight hundred and ten dollars for one Bitcoin. Wow. And it's still going up. Its trajectory is just going up, 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 up. It's starting to plateau a bit as people start to realize just how bat squeak insane this is, but oh boy. Bitcoin people. It's crazy. Disney World had a brilliant idea. Disney World, for those who don't know, is in fact still open. I know. I'm kind of surprised too. But you can in fact visit Disney World and uh, they do require you to wear masks. However, because people are stubborn as can be, people of course don't always want to wear them. They, in fact, especially if they want to go to an amusement park, just want to try and just enjoy themselves and pretend that 2020 isn't entirely the most depressing year we've ever seen in our lives and just enjoy themselves. So they're not going to wear their masks. Well, you know what Disney World had to say about that? We're going to go ahead and do a little bit of photoshopping. So that when you go ahead and get your uh, your picture that you overpaid for, 
on something like Splash Mountain, it will automatically have photoshopped masks on people that were not wearing masks. See? Problem solved. Everyone's wearing masks. (laughs) Problem solved! We did it! Everyone's wearing a mask. We have the photo evidence to do so. Pay no attention to the fact that uh, this one picture has this face mask hanging a good... uh, uh, three or four inches rigid off the woman's face. It 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 just. I gotta ask. What was the end game here? To to show you could. To, to show the world that, you know, don't worry, everyone's wearing masks and everyone's practicing proper distancing despite the fact this same picture shows four people in the same front row. I just... what wh- What was the goal here? This was done as an experiment. Disney World was very open about it, and they have since stopped doing it. It's either that or that's the spin, and they actually did try to get away with this. Despite the fact that they were only done in the pictures, they sold to the writers. This wasn't like they photoshopped pictures that they sent to the press. These were the pictures that you buy while at Disney World. As mementos for your time at Disney World. This is a very bizarre uh, backwards way of thinking. I, I, I really do not understand what the end game here was. Because if it was to try and lie and say that, hey... Don't worry, we are totally practicing CDC guidelines here at uh, at Disney World. And then they would have done it to all the pictures, not just the ones that you sell as mementos. It it, it blows me away. It it really does. It almost blows me away as the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the modded Super Nintendo so that it could do real-time ray tracing. Amazing. Bravo, we did it. It's confirmed. SNES, best console ever, because they got ray tracing on it. I I, I just... 
<laughs> I have so many questions. Like, why? How? What? It, it, it is just... It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Especially since that even with this modded hardware, to actually perform the real-time ray tracing and real-time reflections... There's no game. It's not like you can take this thing, play some Yoshi's Island, and suddenly have ray tracing in it. It's not possible because, of course, the game's not going to support it. So it's it's a very impressive demonstration. Do not misunderstand me, but this definitely does fall fall under the category of why. Why did we do it? Other than because we could. And in the end, isn't that really what this is all about? Real-time ray tracing on a Super Nintendo. Folks, that's going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. And please, I do encourage you, check out the daily podcast, The Early Burb Briefing which has been getting a ton of traction lately. That airs every single morning, 4 a.m., wherever you found this podcast. iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, literally everywhere. And check out my Twitch page, twitch.tv slash eaglefalcon. Take care, and I hope you have a great day. Here's my question. When it comes to the ray tracing SNES, can we overclock it so that it can run Yoshi's Island faster? We got the additional hardware in there. We have an additional GPU in there that calculates the real-time ray tracing. Can we then use that to have load times be made shorter actually then again on the SNES we haven't really had any real problem with loading times so I don't know why did we shift away from cartridges now that I think about it well then again cartridges didn't really help the switches loading times at all sheesh modern leaders It's not just their ability to reason that we value or their eloquence. It's more than their intelligence that we admire. What truly matters 
is their humanity. Just like modern leaders, the LS is human at heart. Every aspect of the Lexus LS is crafted around you, engineered to a higher standard, the human standard. The new 2021 Lexus LS. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.